Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, Gina. Hi, Ioni. Hi, everyone. I'm Gina, the senior editor of Polyester. The very nasal today, senior editor of Polyester. <laughs> well, not very well, editor of Polyester. <laughs> and I'm Ioni, the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester. And this is the Polyester Podcast, a feminist pop culture podcast dissecting the discourse on a weekly basis. Before we start, if you're a fan of this podcast, please make sure to like, rate and subscribe. And if you really love us, you can sign up for a poll... <laughs> And if you really love us, you can sign up for a podcast membership where you can join our Discord and get on our Instagram close friends for only three quid a month. Do we have any reviews, Ioni? We do. Five stars, incredible podcast. One of my favourites, love their thorough insight and detail by Pammies by Apple Podcasts in the US of A. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for your kindness in this moment of trouble in my life. (laughs) Today we are tackling a beast. Oh, I know. I thought it would end up being a, a two-parter, but I think we can just rage for half an hour <laughs> and fly through it. We are talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Obviously, we've covered Taylor Swift before me and Eden with the Matty Healy relationship, so we're not really going to go there that much. Um, although, I did want to mention that the day that that, or the day after that podcast episode came out, I actually saw Joe Alwyn in the street. Wow. Taylor Swift sex. All the stars have aligned. Yeah, I was like, wow, is he listening to the podcast? He's like- texting, it, <laughs> texting his mates being like, guys, you'll never guess what, I've just seen Ioni Gumbel in the street. Yeah. Well, speaking of Joe Alwyn, Alwyn, I think that's how you say it, but like, can people not shout at me, please? Thank you. So speaking of group chats, Joe Alwyn and texting, Taylor Swift has really, has like <laughs> announced her, released, has announced her next album called The Tortured Poets Department, which allegedly is a dig at Joe Alwyn because he has like a group chat with Paul Mezcal and Andrew Scott called um, like the torture sad man's department or something. I don't know. <laughs> that was such a good segue. <laughs> Speaking of group chats. I'm a professional. I really liked it. So everyone's saying that it's going to be like a diss album, which seems like a strange thing to do if you're really into your new boyfriend. But who am I well, isn't that like a whole gag, like the whole time? Like that's how she always reels people in is by going really heavy into details about her like past relationships yeah that's true but like i don't think she i think there's like yeah with joe it was like her relationship was quite mysterious with him right like lot, not a lot of people knew and so now everyone's expecting the big drop and for him to be a comp but he is rallying against those allegations knowingly or unknowingly he signed the letter 
for ceasefire in Gaza. And he's also been wearing an artist for ceasefire pin wherever he goes, which everyone is being like, well, there you go. He's obviously a good person then. Yeah, but it, she's going to do a song being like, he left his gloves at my house. What a cut. And then <laughs> all, the, all the girlies going to be posting like one glove that they've kept from like the ex-boyfriend for five years being like, she gets me. And in contrast, Taylor Swift has not spoken up in support of Palestine. She did attend like a comedy show where all of the proceeds went to aid in Gaza, but she hasn't made a public statement. So a lot of people are annoyed at her about that. Yeah, people are really pissed off that the whole Super Bowl thing happened and it was made into such a spectacle, specifically her being there with her boyfriend winning it when all this is going on in Palestine. Rafa as well with like the latest stuff. Yeah, I agree. It was very like, I think just as someone who is on social media and like a, what's the word? Like a voyeur, I suppose, of both of these situations, which is a weird way to word it. But you know what I mean? Like someone seeing these things unfold, it is uncanny to see like dead child and then Taylor Swift kissing Travis Kelsey and then like a bomb dropped and then Travis Kelsey screaming Viva Las Vegas into a microphone for two minutes. Like it did feel like one of the most uncanny valley moments in like what has been obviously like a disgusting display of humanity and what's happened. Yeah, I really don't blame the people who are like, this is a psyop, like this is them trying to distract us from it. Like she's been enlisted in it. Like it does kind of like put me on edge. Like either she's, she it just feels purposeful. Like she's pointedly not speaking out. And then she's got this big relationship and also this big album about an ex, so she doesn't have to, I suppose. Like, she can just be like, oh, I'm dealing with all this emotional stuff, which is something that Mm. she's done her whole career to avoid. Talking on politics, like, she's been very strictly apolitical for her whole time she's been in the limelight, pretty much apart from, I think she did, like, one thing against Trump, maybe. And then she, well, she had to speak out and endorse the Democrats and say that she wasn't a Trump supporter because literally there was like such a groundswell of the right, like Trump supporting right wing claiming her as their own kind of thing. And it got so big. And remembering that she did like a Netflix documentary, I think it was in 2016 where she was like, she had to like set the record straight or whatever. And like it made out, I watched like the first 10 minutes of it when it came out, but it was honestly so boring. I could not finish it. But it was like, loads of it was like her dad was her manager or something or like some, like he has a big control over her career. And he was being like, no, don't speak out. You have to be apolitical. And she was being like, please, I really want to support the Democrat. Sorry, it's not funny, but it's funny in the context it's of like so Hillary like, and Trump. It's so just like embarrassing to A, blame your dad and then B, mm. be like, make this whole hoo-ha in a literal Netflix documentary and then resu- resolutely go back to just being apolitical. Like, I'd love to, but I can't because of my career. Like, no, the yeah. point is that because of your career, you should. As if she's not, like, one of the most, it, maybe the most famous person in the world. Like, I can't remember if it was a tweet. I feel like it was a tweet that you told me about that was, like, how many days, how many times a day do you think of Taylor Swift against your will? That wasn't me, but that's an incredible tweet. Because <laughs> <laughs> the answer is hundreds, and I'm sorry for all of the listeners that we're making you, you know, partake yet again. But yeah, there's a really good tweet in your research that was like, I don't care either way about Taylor Swift. I'm Taylor neutral, like, and that makes me the best person on the internet. And I was thinking about it, I was like, I was very much that person until I started reading this research and it really riled me up. And I was like, no, I think we are right to expect more from her. Like, she has got so much power and she actively seeks more. It's not like she's got 
this role as a celebrity and she shies away from it. Like, she's always going on fucking massive real tours, winning a Grammy and announcing an album, like, being on, like... Like, I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to have a life, but she actively is seeking out more power and more limelight. So why isn't she using that spotlight for good? Yeah, that's true. And there's been other things, like, obviously, most recently is the Super Bowl and the silence on Palestine. But then people also got annoyed at her at the Grammys on a more lighter note because she is just like toting Lana Del Rey around like she has a handbag or something. Like, have you seen the video where she's like, where's Lana? She's really nervous. And it's just like Uh... giving such weird mean girl energy. And then she drags Lana Del Rey on stage for album of the year, even though Lana was also up in that category and lost to Taylor Swift, which like, I would be mortified and literally slap my friend around the face if they did that to me. Oh, well, I, I won't. I won't then. I'll I'll, I'll cancel that plan. <laughs> <laughs> and then she also ignored Celine Dion, which obviously everyone is saying is extremely rude, especially as Celine Dion is she's she's sick, right? Yeah, she's got locked in syndrome. Yeah, she's sick. She made a big effort to go present that award, and she's a legend, and she got ignored. And then there was like a hastily. PR moment where they were hugging backstage. Yeah, everyone quick, get a pic. She's hugging Celine. Yeah. And last but not least, and we're not going to go into it too much because I just feel like it's too much of a rabbit hole for us to even open up. There was like a New York Times op-ed that called, explicitly said that Taylor Swift was queer and like kind of like decrying her for being like so deep in the closet that she'll never get out. And then everyone was like, this is an insane projection. Like a lot of people read into Taylor Swift lyrics and like, doesn't she have a thing called like lavender something? And like yeah. everyone was. <sighs> it's like, you're gay. It's so fun fiction universe, isn't it? Like you just project yeah. whatever you want onto a celebrity. And um, I think the thing with Taylor Swift, and it says this in your research, is like, she's such like a monoculture. Like she hasn't, act, like nobody really knows what her personality is like. Nobody really knows like what her beliefs are. The only thing we know a lot about is her romantic relationships, which she's very vulnerable about. And she kind of offers that up instead of having to have like a, not a personality that's mean, but of having to like give us like this crucial information that makes up what a woman is, makes up what a person is. And I would say, allegedly, we have had very mixed things about Taylor Swift from people that have had contact with Taylor Swift herself. Yeah, and her gayness. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking to her character, but sure. Um, so there's this really good essay in the New Statesman, <laughs> but also the New Statesman seemed to kind of have like a axe to bear. Is that the thing? Cross, axe to grind. Cross to bear. Axe. Cross to bear, axe to grind. Go on. Oh, if Bridget's listens to it, she's going to shout at me so much for getting so many metaphors wrong. Why? Anyway, because she's always like, <laughs> in my Guardian piece, she's like, um, it's the lion's share, not the lion's share. I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm just a cute girl. You're like, just getting, you still know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's called a colloquialism. Look at that. <laughs> language anyway. language grows, language changes. But I would say that, the New Statesman do have an axe to grind because they do release like an essay every few months about how Taylor Swift is fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> is it the same writer? <laughs> I don't think it's the same I'd writer, love if it was, one, it must be the same editor. <laughs> this one was good. Taylor Swift's Triumphant Incoherence by Finn McRedman for the New Statesman. It opens with a zinger of a first line. Taylor Swift is where America exercises its delusions. Oh, were you just laughing at me saying zinger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> zinger. Well, then, it was, then it was a zinger, so I left out a loo. <laughs> um, in 2016, neo-Nazis claimed her as one of their own, swift and Aryan goddess with subliminal, subliminal far-right beliefs encoded in her music. In 2024, meanwhile, 
The New York Times subjected her to a sprawling 5,000-word essay hypothesizing she is secretly gay. The article contending that she was perhaps stuck in the shadowy, solitary recesses of the closet was published in spite of Swift's public statement in 2019 that she was not part of the LGBTQ community. Remembering this, the anti-Swift mania that gripped the Make America Great Again conservatives for weeks now is hardly surprising. A flurry of accusations emerged. Swift is a Pentagon asset conspiring with the Democrats to deliver electoral victory to Joe Biden. She and her boyfriend, the American football star Travis Kelsey, are an artificial propped up couple, at least according to former Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. So pernicious. Pernicious? How do you say that word? What is it? How do you say pernicious or pernicious? Spell it out. (laughs) P-E-R-N-I-C-I-O. US. Don't know. Someone will let us know, though. Anyway, that's a big word. We are clever, <laughs> but like, there's no point in using big words in your article. Other journalists can't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so something is her influence that Donald Trump's camp is prepared to wage holy war on Swift. That her boyfriend's team, the Kansas City Chiefs, won the Super Bowl last night has done nothing to dispel these notions. This thinking is in the DNA of conspiratorial American right. Pizzagate, the great replacement, a stolen election, and now a rigged fairy tale Super Bowl win. Swift, to them, is prejudice confirming, evidence of a malevolent higher power, a state much deeper than it appears. It's pernicious. It goes on to say, pernicious. Yeah. She seems uniquely vulnerable to these paroxysms, parox, what, oh, fuck off, whatever, of madness. No one is suggesting that Beyonce is a Democrat style, for mm. obvious reasons, stipulated endlessly by the pundit class desperate to reckon with the politics of Swift. She is more famous than her contemporaries under constant media exposure. And the longer she sits at the zeitgeist, more opinions, swivelized or sane will form around her. She wields genuine cultural power. Estimated in 2023 to have driven 30,000 voter registrations with a single Instagram post, she could be the GOP dream, a pretty blonde country star with an American footballer as a boyfriend and middle America wrapped around her finger. These are the aesthetics of a small town Republican to her political enemies. It must feel like betrayal. I mean, that's kind of that. It kind of does explain the Beyonce point without ever saying as much. Like a couple of these articles are saying like Swift is America herself. Like, and it's true because she is white. She is skinny, she is blonde, she is beautiful, and she dresses badly. <laughs> <laughs> what a singer. Sorry. <laughs> um, like, anyone can project their beliefs, and, like, that's why... But I think Beyoncé does leave less um, ambiguity, like, purposeful ambiguity. She does in many other ways. Like, there's a really good essay about talking like that a black woman writer wrote about kind of the hollowness of renaissance and that's not really like our space to speak upon but i think a lot of the reason why taylor swift can become this monoculture is due to her whiteness and there's like no real getting away from that yeah therefore like she can be projected on by the left and the right because she can be emblematic of both movements because at the end of the day a lot of the core beliefs of both sides come from whiteness i suppose yeah yeah and a lot of like prejudices and a lot of like everything else and it was really interesting part of the research was saying trump kind of flipped the script he's a great abnormalizer this is by taylor swift trump and the rights abnormality problem by ross dutat for the new york times it says trump himself is a great abnormalizer but so are the various fixations and follies that take shape in his wake like the very online rights bizarre reaction to the romance between taylor swift and travis kelsey a love story that's united the two remaining pillars of our common culture the National Football League, and Wild Swift herself. 
And then it goes on to say, like, the cultural valence of the Swift Kelsey romance isn't just normal and wholesome and mainstream in a way that conservatism shouldn't want to be defined against. It's normal and wholesome and mainstream in an explicitly conservative coded way, offering up the kind of romantic iconography that much of the online right supposedly wants to encourage and support. Like, they are literally like the high school couple or whatever. But it was also saying that in the, after the 2016 election, things kind of flipped on their heads. So the right became more like conspiracy theory. Let, here it is. I'll read it out because it will sound better. There are two key reasons for this self-defeating weirdness, both of them downstream from Trump's 2016 victory. The first is the realignment that I've discussed a few times before, where the ideological shifts of the Trump era made the right more welcoming to all manner of outsider narratives and fringe beliefs including previously left-coded ones like vaccine skepticism, while the left became much more dutifully establishmentarian. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Like we see that, like the left is like a lot more interested in like labels and in like moral purity and in like all of those kind of things and like leading a life that is pure and like, I'm very left-wing by the way, like I'm not excusing, like we're not right to get girlies. We're not about to flip on everyone. But I think, again, it just asserts why people can just like project onto her because like she can still be left leaning or like project a left leaning um, guys and her left leaning fans will kind of gobble it up because they have more authoritarian views than they think they do. Yeah, they fill in the blanks for her. Like so much of her career is people just fill in the blanks for her being like, oh, well, she... She liked this tweet. She went to this comedy night. That means that she's she's secretly saying this. Like she's spent so much of her album rollouts over the years putting like secret hidden detail to make mm. a fan base that seeks out secret hidden details in everything she does. So she never explicitly has to do anything. But then some people are saying that this like is what's going to be her downfall because the reason why we decided to do this episode now was because there seemed to be like 
a stack of things that made people not like Taylor Swift. Like it was the Super Bowl. It was the fact that she sent a cease and desist to a college student that was tracking her private jet because she like guzzles out so many emissions per year and takes like a 12 minute flight. It was the Celine Dion thing. It was like her ex wearing an artist for ceasefire badge. It kind of like all stacked and felt like people didn't like Taylor Swift anymore when usually like the left is quite sympathetic to her pre-Matty Healy, I would say. Yeah. There's a really nice bit in one of the researches which is like, oh, I'm quite optim... Like, it makes me feel quite like an optimist about this new generation of fans that hold like the celebrities to account. Like, even like five years ago, like Taylor Swift fans would have just like rabidly, doggedly defended her, like getting the private jet or like ignoring, bringing Lana on stage and stuff where it kind of feels like, like even like the most hardcore of Taylor fans are trying to be like, oh, she shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, and this writer who is... Why is everything suddenly Taylor Swift's fault by Jennifer Weiner for the New York Times is kind of saying that by holding Taylor Swift accountable, they're probably living their lives in a more considered way and like wouldn't necessarily partake, not that we have the ability to get private jets or whatever, but that they hold themselves to the same standards that they're holding their like fave to, which, you know, is hopeful. But then in back to the New Statesman article, like why this has happened, it kind of mentions how she's like, It says Swift is endlessly contradictory. She has never presented a stable identity to the world. The shape-shifting has an upside for record sales. In this quest to pinpoint the source of her cultural endurance, one argument emerges above all else. Swift, ever the chameleon, turns a rarefied life into songs with universal appeal. She may sing of her girlhood in Pennsylvania, but she speaks to a feeling of adolescent and general angst in America. A lost scarf may be the motif of Swift's greatest heartbreak, but every young woman mourns something just as mundane. No matter what Swift does, she is a conduit for listeners' own psychological preoccupations. That's what I mean. Like, she's never given us any... She's just, like, a projection of so many different things. Like, But when you get, like, down to the bottom of it, like, she... We don't know anything about her. We don't know anything about what she believes. And we also... uh, I'm angry with her for not giving us anything like i'm angry for her. i'm angry with her i wasn't before and i'm like you know what maybe i'll stop singing love story on karaoke now because you've, you've pissed me off taylor swift you've pissed me right off i think also what propelled us to do this episode is that like i feel the travis kelsey romance has and trump's interest in her like he said that he's she's a she's betraying him if she doesn't endorse him yeah, it was like betraying Biden. all the men who have gotten her to where she is which is like insane And apparently Biden is like secretly courting an endorsement. And I feel like this amount of exposure for her, as opposed to like the Matty Healy romance or the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff or like the 10 minute version or whatever, has like propelled her into such a different level of fame. Like in my group chat, my mum is sending Taylor Swift memes all the time. I think this is always her trajectory, though. This is like always where she wanted to be because she's always sought out mega, mega fame mega mega fame yeah and she and that's the thing so like even though on the one hand alt-right people are projecting this like far-fetched obviously totally untrue conspiracy theory that her relationship is a psyop for the democrats or whatever on the other hand like other people can then be like no oh my god that's so misogynist she's a badass feminist yeah like do you know what i mean like it really pushes people to both the extremes which um is something else this article said Jonathan Haidt suggests that sometime between 2011 and 2015, 
a great split in the United States revealed itself. The campus-born, identity-obsessed left on the one side, the MAGA new right on the other. A decade on, there exists a Democrat party from between the progressive extreme and the moderate center and the right, fully captured by the drain-the-swamp virtues of Trumpism. Taylor is tugged between these poles, not as her own person, but as a vector for America's existential angst. It is easily done to an artist without a robust persona. But she's done it to herself. That's the thing. Like, um, she's put herself in this position and she reaps the benefits as much as she has to deal with the consequences. Yeah, but I don't have sympathy for her at the end of the day. I don't, like, I've lost, (laughs) I've lost my sympathy for her. What was your sympathy before? I don't know. I was kind of like, wow, must be hard. <laughs> must be hard being pulled in all these directions. It's like I think the interesting thing as well is that she does seem to do some like good things. Like she pays her staff really well and she gives them like incredible bonuses. One of this article says like she put all the profits from her era's tour back to the people that worked on it. Like she does do some good things. Yeah, but it's like on a those around her base is not necessarily like a wider her wider audience that she could utilize to make much bigger changes in the world i think we will never know her heart and also <laughs> we will never know her heart <laughs> 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 that is true <laughs> but like she made so much money off that tour like in the billions i think and then she gave like yeah. all the staff like a hundred k bonuses like that's like me giving everyone a tenner <laughs> <laughs> i think also <laughs> I think also it just speaks to like kind of how depressing the celebrity and musical landscape is right now that like such a huge person can become a signifier of culture itself is pretty like damning for culture itself that we like the kids aren't liking well I'm sure they are like I don't want to be old man shakes fist at cloud but like the fact that so much of our attention can be placed on one person and that she captures the attention of so many different groups of people I think is like something we haven't really seen in our lifetime or since our adult lifetime yeah well it's like i suppose it always used to be boy bands didn't it and now it's a woman Mm -hmm. and that's so great i love feminism and i love women (laughs) (laughs) what else did you have in your notes there's a really good bit where someone's like uh it was a really nice quote where someone said an ethical billionaire is a contradiction in terms (laughs) i like that i like that a lot i wrote that down jotted that down um, uh, and I was talking to you about the like she also has a history of like seeking out money like and and going for like like the her suing the person with the private jet isn't new like there was a time when she sued like mm-hmm. half of Etsy yeah I don't have like the official statistics I am exaggerating a little <laughs> bit but I think it was like when 1989 came out and she like did like a clean sweep with like all her copyrights that she she'd put in for the album and like was like targeting like girls making bath bombs that were called like I'm feeling 22, like, said of them cease and desist and shit. And it's like, these women are probably doing that as a side hobby, like, as a hustle, mm-hmm. alongside working, like, whatever job they've got. You're literally, like, probably one of those people who makes, like, over £100,000 a minute just by farting about. Like, mm-hmm. why is she so, like, doggedly, like, protective over her output if she is, like, a man of the people? Yeah, it's true. And I feel like it's hateful of the like young girls that literally like defend her to the end of days yeah i saw i saw someone like 
on the jet thing, people are being like, well, she needs to. She's at that level of celebrity now. She lends her jet out yeah, to like her mates. Yeah, like it's a privacy concern. She lends her jet out to her mates. Like, you don't know the full story. I'm like, well, neither do you. Like, <laughs> all I've got is the statistics. And the statistics are great, John. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to form an opinion based on that. You can form an opinion on, like, this fucking made-up personality you've made for this global superstar who's also a billionaire who's never told you anything about herself in her life apart from the she is sad about breakups which ugh, we all are mm. yeah i think she gets like a lot of grace compared to anyone else yeah therefore and it's the same as like what happened with nikki like it's because she's created this legion of fans who are so protective of her that she doesn't even have to protect herself yeah like these celebrities can just ex- have utilized fandom so well that they can just exist within their own spheres and say literally whatever the fuck they want which if you're taylor swift is nothing yeah or say absolutely nothing at all and just be protected by it because you don't even have to deal with the aftermath of what you are doing or not doing because you've Mm -hmm. got these hundreds of thousands of teenage women and gay boys who (laughs) of the queer community who will (laughs) who will protect you who will be in the trenches like I don't know, I think, like, fan... It's important to talk about fan culture when we're talking about Taylor Swift because she utilises it so expertly for someone who hasn't really, as all these articles have pointed out, given the public a solid persona of who she is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if she's got a dry humour, I don't know if she loves slapstick, I don't know what her favourite meal is, I don't know, like... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know anything about... Even outside, even outside of the political stuff, like, I don't know diddly shit about her, apart from that she... What's yours, that you love slapstick? I love both. I've got a very dry sense of humour. <laughs> I'm just a funny girl. I love Italian food and Japanese food. And... <laughs> I mean, we know she likes cats. Well, exactly. Like, how fucking milk toast can you be to be, like, you've based your personality around having two cats? Like, <laughs> we get it. We are both cat lovers, but... <laughs> There's so much more to a girl than your breakups and you've got a cat with blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Thanks. I mean, I think that, but I think on the fandom thing that that gives people more of an opportunity to love her because like, if you're comparing her to Nikki who like has said abhorrent things, then that's a turn off for people. Whereas like if you provide a sense of mystery, then more people can, again, what you've said already, just project themselves onto you. Yeah. It's just so like... And I don't know if I necessarily believe that celebrities shouldn't be mysterious, but when it gets to the point that you are the most famous person in the world and you have set that up for yourself, yeah. I think you do owe the people. You, uh, I expect action from you. I expect you to do something to change the world, even if you're doing it fucking... Went, if she went full hog pro-Trump, I'd be like, you know what, fine. Like, at least she's, like, <laughs> picked a fucking side. You know what? There's nothing worse than offensive, Dad. That's true. Well, with that... Let's wrap up. Goodbye, Ioni. Thank you, Gina. Sing it back. To Olivia for editing. I'm not singing. Oh. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> to everyone for listening. Thank we you will everyone. see you next week. Bye, I love you. Bye, I love you, love you, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewelry that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly ebay gets it so look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch stitch sole and logo is checked by experts with ebay authenticity guarantee you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach ensure your next purchase is the real deal visit ebay.com for terms Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.